There we go. Morning, family. It's so wonderful to be with everyone here this morning. Um, not a morning person, but love getting up for church on a Sunday morning. Like I really do. It just some. Well, I don't love getting up, but I love when I arrive in church. You're just like, gosh, I'm home, you know, and you feel it, and it gives you what you need, and it reminds you of who you are. So I'm um, really, really happy to be here. And I always think, oh, who's on the other end of the camera? What are you doing? Pajamas. Mm, cheeky sausage. Um, so I hope that you are also well this morning. I just, you know, my family, as Pastor Matt said, moved and joined Zio in lockdown. And it was just such a desire on our heart for such a long time to really find somewhere where we can not only serve, but be a part of and belong. And um, it's just been such a, a blessing, a blessing, a blessing to be amongst you all and with you all. And, and I've really been enjoying seeking justice. Justice is something that, you know, the world has just started really talking about or at least bringing more centre stage. But actually, if you turn and we go into the pages of scripture, it's from Genesis to Revelation. You know, God has been speaking about justice um, for, for, for generations. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to sing. But I, or sometimes I feel the urge just to break out in a song, however the spirit leads, really. Um, just roll with me, a little Celine Dion, why not? Um, no, I won't do that. I will, though, however, start in prayer, if that's okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just, we just thank you, Lord God. We just say this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to encourage one another, to challenge one another, we thank you for the opportunity to go into your word where you speak to our hearts. So today I just pray, Lord God, that you speak to us, that it not be me, not be my ideals or opinions or preconceived ideas. In fact, I completely put myself aside and I just say, could you speak this morning? Could you speak to our hearts? You know exactly where we are. You know exactly where we're coming from and you also know where we're going. So we just, I just pray, Lord God, for a miraculous word, a word in time and season. Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So one of my, like, I wouldn't say favorite, but one of those parts of scripture that I quite like, it, um, is found in the book of Esther. Um, and I think last week you made reference to it, actually. But there's this part in Esther where, you know, the Jews are in trouble and Queen Esther has found herself a Jew, actually, but has found favour with the king. And she's got a little bit cushy, but she's still a bit, you know, nervous. And her uncle comes at this time and said, look, your people are going to die. And she's sort of like, you know, this is, you know, this is awkward. Like, I know I'm in a, it looks like I'm in a cushy position, but actually, you know, I could die too, sort of thing. And I start with this before I even go into the scripture today, just as overarching, overarching theme, if you can just roll with me a bit. Um, because our uncle says something that always stays with me. Um, it's, it's actually one of my responses, probably why I'm standing here today. Um, it's why I try and make it, why I do anything that I do. Because her uncle said, look, you know, God can rise up another. You know, we know this is a powerful God we serve. I'm remixing, he didn't say all of that bit. But, you know, so, so, um, God can rise up another. But consider this. Consider that you have been placed in the palace for such a time as this. And, you know, I say that to you. Consider that you've been placed wherever it is that you find yourself um, for such a time as this, for a need for, your, for yourself but beyond yourself. Um, so whenever I think, whenever I get anything, I think, you know, Toby, consider this. Consider that you have been given the opportunity that you have 
for such a time as this. Now, I say all of that, and then I can give you a title from my message today. Um, not that you have to put the title on YouTube, but this is the title. I sometimes feel like when I'm reading scripture that she would have responded, and I feel sometimes we all respond with this. Aren't I doing enough already? And seeking justice and where we are, sometimes I think secretly, we don't say it out loud. I mean, that would be completely inappropriate, you know. But like, you know, when it's offering time or, you know, it's like you sort of think to yourself, goodness me, another one. Aren't I doing enough already? You know, we got this wonderful sort of list that Pastor Matt has, you know, sent across and you get scroll through it and you're like, more money. You know, aren't I doing enough already? And that is the, the, the tension that we live between. Aren't I doing enough already? And consider this, that you have been placed for such a time as this. So, um, I've been given the task, Isaiah 58... You're going to roll with me a little bit today because I'm between two. But Isaiah 58 was a scripture that I've been meditating on for a little while anyway. And it's titled True Fasting, where you're sort of thinking, mm, fasting, justice, what's happening? But the spirit of this and the author of, this, of this, um, this passage, I feel, had a little bit of, aren't I doing enough already? I feel a little bit of that tone in, in his speaking. And so I'm just going to quickly read, if, if I may. I'm just going to only a few short verses. It says, cry aloud, don't hold back, rise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people like a transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways, like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their God. You think, oh, that's good, right? Don't abandon the justice of their God. And then they ask me for righteous judgments they delight in the nearness of God. They ask, this is verse 3, this is my little, why have we fasted, but you have not seen? We have denied ourselves, but you have not noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day that you fast and oppress all your workers. This is verse 4, and this is where I'll stop. You're, you fast with contention and strife and strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on the high. I mean, I'm, I'm a little dramatic, so, but if not, I would like f flow on the floor because it's sort of like, I mean, it hits you hard. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on the high. You know, and we all, I mean, I, it's so funny because I had once attended a, um, a conference, so I, won't, I won't say it's a big, very big women's conference thousands of people in the room right lovely really great everyone looks great snooty duty you know you come in your best you don't you know everyone knows the songs if you don't you sort of get a little bit of a look like get them get the memo and um in in between these you know really powerful sessions actually they sort of you know sometimes they're, it's quite deep so they try and break it up so they do these icebreakers and uh there was an icebreaker and i'll never forget the icebreaker it's so funny so they called someone up on stage um and, you know, volunteer, I, I always think, wow, such bravery. Because I don't know, you the sort of person that puts your hands up to volunteer? I mean, I'm just really not, especially when you don't really know what they're going to ask. And I thought well, maybe it's been planted. But when she stood on stage, I genuinely think she had no idea. So they brought her up on stage and they say, great, you have just volunteered for £25 a month to support 
won't name the organisation, but a child in need. And she was like, oh, I thought we were going to do a funky dance challenge or something, you know. But, you know, what do you do? Because you don't want to outwardly say no. So she says, yes. Oh, yeah, that would be the joy of my heart to do that. You know, just a bit like, you know, I fast all day. You know, oh, is that all it was? Oh, fantastic. So she said, okay. And then it said, actually, 50 pounds. And then she started to really get a little like, oh, my gosh. You know, and she was like, oh, no, that, well, that's no problem. That's no problem at all. I mean, it could just be sticky, 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 but we'll figure it out. And then they said, okay, can you call your husband, put him on loudspeaker, we'll plug him in the system, in the auditorium, and tell him that you have committed to 700 pounds a month. She's like, okay, okay, I could do that. I'm going to prank call my husband. Fantastic. So she calls um, her husband. Poor husband. I mean, gosh. You know, I see, I love you, babe. See, I would never do this to you. Um, actually, I'll probably never do it to myself because I have no idea what you would say. Um, but yes, so, 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 yeah, so we, so he goes and ring, 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 hello, you're right, how's the kids? You know, she keeps it all like, you know, she's been away for the weekend. She's sort of like, how's the kids? Everything all right? Blah, blah, blah. Women's conference going lovely. We just had an excited time. I've been such a powerful move of God. I've actually dedicated that I'm going to give 700 pounds a monthly to this child organization. He's like, what the beep? You know, she's like, oh, no, 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 trying to, you know, reel it back like you're on loudspeaker to thousands of women in an auditorium. And he said, don't we give to Africa enough already? And I thought to myself, oh, that's so interesting. She never said anything about Africa. She never said anything about where it's going. But he assumed and he said, didn't we do it enough already? It reminded me as I looked at Isaiah 58 about the posture of our hearts as we seek justice. It reminded me about the fact of how much do we do for outward appearance? How, how, how far would the lady have gone before she said, actually, I can't, I just simply can't afford it. I mean, just, just realistically, I don't have 700 pounds a month to give out. How much do we give in order to receive? And I was reminded actually of the, the famous passage in scripture it's the, the, the parable of the prodigal son. And I, you may know it, you may not. It's fine. I'm going to debrief it because I know what it's like when you, you know, start a film halfway through. And so there's this son, this wonderful father has two sons, you know, great boys, really lovely. And rich father, I mean, wealth, wealth beyond, you know, our, our widest dreams. The younger son comes to his dad one day. And he says to, this, to his father, can you give me my inheritance now? Can you give me my inheritance now? The dad's like, cool, no problem, easy, take your inheritance. With that, he takes his inheritance and he goes, he leaves, he's like, well, if I've got all this, why am I staying, why am I staying here? Why am I, this is suffering life, I'm, when there's all, you know. So he goes out, he just, he does all that, what he wants to do, I guess, all his wildest dreams, I don't know. Um, what, what are they doing these days? I don't know, he probably, I imagine now he would probably do it on TikTok and show the world. But then he just, he really squandered everything. So much so that he didn't have anything left that he became a citizen of a different country just so he could work and try and get some money. Now, he wasn't getting no like CEO jobs. No, he got a job working with the pigs. And he was so hungry that actually one day the pig food looked appetizing to him. But he was like, you know, if only I could get a little bit of that. And so, and he didn't, by the way. 
And then the Bible says so beautifully, another famous verse of me that I'll always hide in my heart. He said, he came to himself. The Bible says he came to himself. And then he said, actually, even in my father's house, you know, the servants get a bit of creme brulee. He, he, he didn't say creme brulee, but I imagine it would be, he would be a bit, you know, they're living it up. Let me go back home. And now for this part that I'm reading, haven't I done enough already? I'm going to go to the scripture because it says it a lot better than I could ever imagine. So if you could bear with me, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read from 25 because it's brilliant. He comes home and his father runs out towards him, which actually already is actually against, you know, it's not what they do in the Jewish tradition. And that's a, a father is the patriarch. He doesn't leave, but he had such joy and such compassion and such, and such, um, he was, he was full of warmth and mercy that he ran out towards his son. You know, he was happy to see his son. And I imagine now having two children, what that would be like, just, a, you know, having a child go away and come back home, just that joy of a parent to, to see your father, um, see your child again. But his older brother, who had stayed, his older brother, who hadn't gotten his inheritance yet, hadn't squandered it, had remained, didn't see this beautiful reunion, didn't see this, you know, not a dry eye in the house sort of connection between a son and a father. And verse 25 picks it up really well from Luke 15. It says, now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. It's like, oh, little party. So he summoned one of his servants, questioning him, saying, what, are the, what do these things mean? They said, your brother is here, they told him. And your father has slaughtered and the fattened calf because he has come back safe and sound. He became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out. Again, isn't it wonderful that we have a father that always comes out to us, you know, or it doesn't matter where we are. And it's just, if, it's a side message today, but I do believe it could be for someone this morning, that it doesn't matter where you are, where you're sitting and how dark you think it's become. We have a loving father that always comes out. He, he always comes. His hand is not too short. It is so mighty to save. So he came out to him, he said, and pleaded with him. He said, but the, the son replied, said, father, look, I have been slaving for you for years and I have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you have never given me a goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. Verse 30 is so beautiful. It says, but when the son, but the, when the son of yours <laughs> came, he has devoured your assets with prostitutes and you slaughtered a fattened calf for him. The father says, son, he said to me, you have always been with me and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and rejoice because your your brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and now he was found as I meditate and I look at the older brother speaking he said I've been here I've been doing this I've been I've given to the poor I don't I'm not for racism that's what I, I, I hear it almost identical, actually, to Isaiah 58. It, it's like, it's like almost the same author, but it's different. Why am I fasting? Why am I fasting? But yet you have not seen me. I do this and it's not been heard. The older brother's saying, you've never given me this. And it's so 
it so resonates with me because I believe it demonstrates so beautifully the condition of the human heart. Actually, I believe I've spent 10 minutes, I promise you, but I've just got two points based on, those, on this illustration. I think it demonstrates sort of not only just where society is, but actually where the church and Christians are. I don't know. I, I feel like we're family now. We are, right? So I can, I can be, can I be real and just, you know, I challenge myself as I challenge you. I feel like we sort of give from a place of levels. The older brother and the younger brother. How wonderful. When the older brother referred to his brother, to the son, he said, that son of yours. He didn't say my brother. It wasn't, it wasn't my brother has, has come back. It wasn't my brother is home. It was that son of yours. Because there's, we create these levels in our heart. Like, I fast, do you? Oh, I'm more than happy to give from a higher place to a hand-me-down. Because my giving, my fasting, as it is in Isaiah 58, produces good works. It reaffirms, quote, unquote, who I am. It's, a, it's, you know, we hear about the ministry in India. You think, oh, no, that's terrible, isn't it? What's happening in India and Syria and Ukraine? It's terrible. All right, I'll give a few, Bob. And I, but the posture of our hearts is that we give a few, pop, Bob, from a higher level. And if I can be honest with you, it's a lie. We do more damage to ourselves, actually. It's not the doing that we're talking about today. Haven't I done enough already? The reason you, you, we feel that way is because we feel from the posture for which we have done. We feel we have done from a place of, I am better than you. We don't say it out loud. We wouldn't dare to. But actually, that's the condition of our hearts. The condition of our hearts is, I'm fortunate, so I'll do a bit. And afterwards, when you do a bit and do a bit and do a bit, because you started from that posture, you will eventually say Isaiah 58 or the brother or how I remixed it today. Haven't I done enough already? You'll get to a point, you will get to a limit where you're sort of like, mm, I've done my bit. Because the posture for which you have done has created a, a, an illusion that you're doing is your identity. And isn't that the whole of the world? that our doing is our identity, how much money you make, what schools your children go to, what car you drive, you know, it's, it's all a lie. It, we get to a say, if you look around, Christian or not, we're all, we're just more fortunate that we know the Father, but actually, if you look outside, you hear the whispers of people actually that, I'm still searching, I'm still seeking for more. They keep doing, they get the, they get the promotion at work, it's not enough. They sign the deal, it's not enough. I work in Teleland. You get the commission, it's not enough. Because actually, whether you're doing for yourself or you're doing for others, the doing was never designed to, for you to, for it to be the being. And so one of the biggest issues when I reflect about haven't I done enough is I pray today that God will help us with the posture for which we do. Because Actually, I can challenge it a little further. There, there are levels. The world has created a level. The world has created a level of wealth. The world has created a level of class. You know, this country, we live in a country in the United Kingdom where you can go to any part and drop off. And the way that somebody speaks, they put them in a class system immediately. But what's the, what's the posture of your heart to that class system? Is it, I am better than you? So when you do, 
It's there you go and I've done God, I've fasted God, why don't you hear me? But the response in Isaiah 58 from the Father and the response in Luke 15 from the Father were actually quite different. In Isaiah 58, you, we, as we read, you would recall him saying, well, this is what you do. He revealed to us, you, you, you're, you're, you're strong with your fists as you fast. Or maybe you might think, I'm not a violent person. That's not for me. Let me give you another one. You're gossiping as you fast. That's my one, by the way. I like a little tea. Help me. Pray for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, he showed us the condition. But in Luke 15, we saw also the grace of God. He said, you're already with me. He said, you're already with me. You're already mine. And then that makes me reflect on the actual ultimate level. The ultimate level is the level between Jesus and us, God the Father and us. But actually, rather than staying and keeping that level, he even leveled the playing field. He came that and he became us, took on flesh, became sin, even having known no sin, that we might become the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So how, knowing that, knowing that we are loved by God, believing, should I say, that you are loved by God this morning, believing that you are accepted by God, believing that his mercy never runs out, it's fresh and new every morning, that provision that you're waiting for, God has you. That worry, that secret anxiety of your heart, you have a secret place where you can find peace. Knowing that, knowing that that is your identity, then you do, it changes your posture and you begin to be as opposed to do. When you, when you see, you know, and I, don't get me wrong, I think the actions of these things are really important, but I think actually real racial justice, real sexism, real everyism that there is going about today, <laughs> has to, a conversation has to begin where it's not I'm better than you, it's I'm with you. It's not that son of yours, it's my brother. It's my sister. Because if not, we entrap ourselves. And that's my, my second point. And it's the fact that actually, what happens when you do and you do and you do? I fasted and you haven't answered me. Well, Christians, we've all been there, haven't we? Where we think our doing should score us some points. But what happens when we continue to do? When we, we, we literally tick off all of Pastor Matt's list. And we fast. And we're on the 7 a.m for extra golden um, goldie points we're on the 7 p.m as well <laughs> we turn up for it all and then we pray but the person still dies what happens then what happens when we 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 pray for that job and we still don't get it you start to think hold on haven't i stored up some this vending machine isn't working anymore i've put in all my points you start to call up Barca Matt, you start to talk to Amy, like, what's going on, Ames? I've been, I've been doing this and nothing's coming back because you start to think it's you as opposed to him. And what we do, we don't do, I don't do because of Toby, I do in the name of Jesus. You do in the name of Jesus. You do because actually somebody leveled that playing field for you, continues to level it daily. Every day when I wake up and I see the new mercy that's given to me, I can't but step out and think anything I do today, it, can, it will never change who I am in Christ Jesus. So I challenge you to do from who you are. Not to do, to get. And the brother missed it, you see. 
The whole time he thought, he, even and in fairness to him, when they, he missed the party. Why? Because where, where was he in 25? He was in the field. He had been doing, but he was doing, thinking, okay, soon I'll get the party. When he didn't know that actually he, he already had the relationship. The religion doesn't work. It annoys everyone. You try and you try and you try. I think Romans 8 says it perfectly. What, you, what, what the law could not do because human nature was weak, God did. You can keep giving. If you've got 700 pounds, oh, wow, that's a month to give out. Praise God. People will take it. But don't do it because you're like, oh. Don't seek the justice so that you can later get. Don't seek the justice because one day you can check that, cash that check. It's already been paid. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the finished work of the cross. It's the fact that who I am, you, my successes and my failures, whether I do or actually I don't do. Let, you know, it's not by works, lest any man will boast. Everyone, all has fallen short of the glory of God. That means mercy is available to everyone. When I, um, when I had my daughter, that pregnancy really humbled me. You know, so sometimes we need humbling moments. They help us. I, I used to be an old... Well, actually, I mean, even, I'm still working through not being an older brother. You know? Because sometimes I can be a little like, well, actually, I'm a good girl. You know? You start to think, well, come on, God. You know? And, 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 and I remember being on the bus a few, a few years back, actually, before I got pregnant. And um, just let me know how I'm doing for time. Let me know how I'm doing for time, guys. Sorry, because I talked for a little And... Um, I remember, like, and someone was actually sick, vomited all over on the top of the bus. I was coming back from work, and, I, you know, I was thinking, mm. and vomit is nasty anyway, let's be honest, it is nasty. Um, and everyone got up, and they sort of ran instantly. And I didn't, but then I saw a few people looking at me, like, God, you're a horrible person, really cold. So then I thought, oh, let me do. And I got up, and I was like, oh, you're right. Didn't touch going anywhere near. I mean, I struggled with my baby's vomit, let alone a complete stranger on the top of a bus in rush hour. But I was like, oh. You know, and I got off and I thought, oh, God, they must have been in... You know, the person had clearly been drinking and clearly was in a state, you know. And despite me knowing all the scriptures, I still had a bit of piety, religious, a religious nature in my heart. You know, I could have cleaned up that vomit with my bare hands, but my posture still was mm, that son of yours. And then I found myself pregnant one day, sitting on the bus, talking to my cousin, and out of nowhere... I vomited all over the bus on the same bus route, rush hour and everything. And there was nothing well poised about it. It was disgusting. And I sat down and actually in that very moment, I tell you now, God humbled me because he was like, who's going to clean up your vomit? <laughs> you know, and I was like to my cousin, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, let me, let everyone see my stomach so they know, you know, obviously I'm pregnant. So, you know, try to... And God was still working through my heart that actually, do you know what? We all have some kind of mess. We all have some kind of mess. And the minute I had that baby that was causing me to vomit all over the world, <laughs> I looked at her and I said, actually, I want for this baby probably what every, every good mother wants. Every mother, I mean, take off the good. I want, I want the same things that the same mother that would put a child on an ocean and not know whether she's going to get or he's going to get to the other side. Am I different from that mother? Are you different? Do I say that son of yours? No, we're exactly the same. We are exactly the same. So anything that we are, we are afforded to do, it's a blessing and a privilege.
I'll round up because I know I've been speaking for ages. But I do want to just say this. The world's going to keep throwing things at us. And we can respond. But I don't think it's our duty to respond. I think God's been talking about it from Genesis. And I think he's been saying it secretly to us that you're loved by me. You're accepted by me. Draw close to me. If you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. I'll tell you who you really are. And as we change our heart's posture, justice will be top of our agenda. And that's really my challenge to you. My challenge to you, if you can do anything today, is to say, Father, make me more like you. Make me more like you. Show me who you are. Not that I do to get, but that actually I become more like you. And I believe that as we all do that, we'll be in those moments, those challenging moments. And as we respond to them, you'll see that actually it's not something that you can quantify in money. It's actually how you respond from your heart. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. I thank you for the prodigal son. I thank you for both brothers, Lord. I thank you for the brother that came back. And I thank you for the brother that was there the whole time. I thank you, Lord God, that you felt it, saw it fit to leave your position for both. So I pray, Lord God, for everyone here today, everyone under the sound of my voice who may hear this message, who's thinking, oh gosh, actually that was me. Father God, help us with that, that, that burden of haven't I done enough already? And show us, Lord God, that you are around enough. That as we become more like you, we don't have to feel a burden to do. In fact, it's a celebration to do. And I pray, Lord God, across the world, because there, there is injustice. And I know it breaks your heart. So I pray in the name of Jesus that as we become more like you, that we will step out into those areas in authenticity, not for reward, but for relationship with you, that you may be glorified and that your kingdom may come in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Toby. Such a stirring word, such a challenging word. Love the connecting of those two passages, Isaiah 58 and Luke 15. Much to think about. And I want us to just take a moment to pause, even as we think about how she's just prayed for us, and to have a moment of stillness. And so I just want to encourage you right where you are, if you feel able to just close your eyes, and simply ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I just want to give a, a, a space for just a minute for you to listen to the whisper of God. And then I'll just pray a short prayer over that before I offer one more response. And so again, let's just do that right where we are. I'm going to do it to Holy Spirit. What are you saying to me? today.
I don't know about you, but for me, as I think about this, I almost want to pray a prayer of confession and repentance and say, God, forgive me of pride. Forgive me of self-righteousness, judgmentalism that I thought I was better than other people. Where I've even looked down on others, even subconsciously, where maybe I've given time or money, but from that pious position, how horrible to be like that, not seeing someone as my brother, my sister, my equal. As we think about all of the people in the world around us who are challenged by justice, like if they were loving family members, we'd never see them out on the streets. I remember hearing someone say, the greatest poverty is the poverty of loneliness. Because again, if you have loving friends and family, they're going to take care of you as you would them. As family, as brothers and sisters. We are our brothers and sisters keeper, it seems. And so I pray for myself, forgive me. Maybe you feel similar. God, forgive me for trying to earn your blessing, your favor, even the expense of what appears to be generosity to others. Have mercy on me. And then I want to pray one final prayer because Toby reminded us that the most important thing is that we know Jesus, that we know God, and that we become like him. It's the most important thing of all. And if you have never invited God through Jesus to become the boss, the leader, the savior of your life, then this is a moment to do that. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. And if that prayer resonates with you, if you feel, you know what, I'm going to pray that prayer too, then just say amen at the end of it. And maybe message me through zochurch.com forward slash connect, zochurch.com forward slash connect, if you've prayed it. But here's the prayer. Father God, I am sorry for all the things that I have said and done and thought that have hurt other people, hurt you, even hurt myself, hurt your world. Forgive me. Thank you that you loved me so much that you came into this world as Jesus to die on a cross facing the full consequences of all those things that I've done that have brought darkness and death into the world. Thank you that you rose again, defeated death, and offer me this great invitation to have you as the Lord and Savior of my life. I say yes to that today. And fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me. Help me to grow closer to Jesus and to become more like him in every way. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen.